0: A month ago, Rwanda marked the 20th anniversary of the fastest genocide in history, when in 1994, enmity between two ethnic groups in the country resulted in the death of 800 people in three months. A few months back, Time Magazine had this picture of a couple hugging each other, and they were covered with mud, steel, concrete, and rubble. And the caption read, their final embrace. It was a picture of uh, an unidentified couple who worked in the factory building that collapsed uh, uh, during the early part of last year, killing more than 1,000 people. Just last month, what seemed to be a normal communal life, a community in Washington state, came to an end all of a sudden by this brutal, massive landslide that almost flattened the entire neighborhood killing scores of people when we hear news like these and when we witness events like this many questions are raised questions like why did these things happen or whose fault was it was there was there human negligence and there are many people try to answer all these questions along with this questions like these also get asked where was God in all this if God is so powerful why didn't he save the people at Washington State or in Rwanda? And we hear different responses for these questions. On one side, people say that if a language of God cannot sustain or cannot withstand this experiences of life, then it is of no use. Reality is godless. Faith is a cop-out, Richard Dawkins says. He says it's the biggest excuse To avoid thinking and to evaluate evidence, he says. On the other hand, there are people of faith who try hard, who think deep, and who try hard to come up with some answers or some understanding of all these tragedies. With good intentions, we hear responses like, maybe God allowed this to happen for a deeper reason or a deeper purpose. Or maybe God did this as a response to something that we did. Or maybe it is because of the fallenness of the world that we live in. If you think about it a little bit, all these responses that we hear in the face of a tragedy do not really make sense. Let's think about our own experiences. When we go through a difficult or a trying time in our lives, as much as we think, many times we are not able to find a deeper purpose underneath or a deeper reason behind that. Or as much as we can say we are not able to try to find what did we do for which God has to punish us with this experience. Or just blaming it on the fallenness of the world doesn't help either. And it is at this time, it is at that time, that all our much valued knowledge and our beliefs about God gets threatened and gets shaken at the foundation. Isn't our God big and strong? Isn't he supposed to take care of us, his kids? Aren't we, supposed to be, aren't we supposed to come out victorious in every situation in life? But I'm sure all of us will agree that not every situation in life ends in that way. We do not come out victorious always as we define victory to be. And if we have the honesty to look at it, we can say that often in the midst of trials and difficulties, There is an emptiness, there is a darkness, where none of our well-learned religious propositions and constructs make sense. A bottomless pit, if you will, lies in front of us, and it threatens to swallow every belief about God and about faith that we have so carefully cherished and upheld. And we begin to hear the refrain of the not very uncommon question, Where is God? Where is God in all this? Perhaps we are not alone in this. Matthew 27, 45 From noon on, darkness came over the whole land. Jesus cried with a loud voice, Eli, Eli, Lama Sabakthani, which means, My God, My God, why have you forsaken me? On that first Good Friday, when darkness covers the whole earth, the Son of God, perhaps joined by the whole cosmos, cries out to God, My God, My God, why did you desert me? At Calvary, it seems God has virtually disappeared. Perhaps you have asked this question at some point in your life. I have. When I lost my father 25 years ago, I asked God, why? Why God? Why did you desert me? Christian writers and mystics have, through the centuries have written about this experience of darkness in the life of believers, which they call as the night of the spirit or the night of the soul. When all our cherished religious beliefs and experiences seem to hit a wall, when God seems nowhere to be found, when all around there is darkness and the light of religion seems to have been extinguished. How do we respond? On the one hand, we have those who claim that reality is godless. So give up your beliefs about God. But as much as we are in this midst of darkness and difficulties, there is this little something in us that would not allow us to make that claim. In spite of all the darkness and emptiness, still there is something which would not allow us to say that reality is godless. So how do we respond? T.S. Eliot wrote, Let the darkness of God come upon you, which shall be the darkness of God. Another saint in the 16th century, St. John of the Cross, also said the same thing. Let the darkness come upon us, for out of this darkness emerges a fresh and a renewed understanding of God and a renewed image, vision and experience of God. It's not the same as saying every bad thing has a good ending, or out of every bad experience, there's a good result that's awaiting you. Rather, it is one where one is totally transformed, totally transformed into a new experience of God in the midst of darkness. How does that happen? It happens first when we allow God to fill our hearts. When we are willing to let go of all our preconceived notions and images of God, which are more often a selfish projection of our own wants and our needs, when we allow God to empty ourselves of all our preconceived notions and allow Him to fill us completely, then that is the point that God starts breaking this darkness. And that is when we begin to understand God in a fresh and a new way. Jesus emptied himself in submitting to the will of the Father. He took him to Calvary and to his cry of dereliction My God, my God, why did you desert me? But having lived through that experience of hell, he was raised alive forever. And so it is, my friends, that when we go through this darkness, And when we go through dark experiences of life we pray that in and through that experience that we will find true love and enduring life that God so much wills to give us. And it is then we can join with the psalmist and say the darkness is no darkness with you and in you the night is as clear as the day. Amen.